Everyone's excited about Brian Flores joining the Pittsburgh Steelers, but some wonder, is he the future replacement to Mike Tomlin? You'll have my opinion and Jenna Harner's on that. And Tomlin's top three goals that he needs to accomplish for the first season without Ben Roethlisberger. Again, I'm Chris Carter here with Jenna Harner on the Locked On Steelers podcast. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to the Lockdown Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things in the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find this show on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, and YouTube. If you're watching this video on YouTube, hit the like button on this video if you enjoyed. Hit the subscribe button on our on our YouTube channel to get all of our daily Monday through Friday episodes. We thank you for making the Lockdown Steelers podcast your first listen every day. Joining me as usual on Fridays, it's the amazing Jenna Harner of Channel 11 WPXI. Jenna, what's up? How you doing? Chris, I am great. I love being here on Fridays because you feel, you really do feel like, hey, the week's over almost. We're enjoying ourselves. We're in like the thick of summer. It's crazy. I just, and I keep thinking like how close training camp is. And then I'm like, you know what? We don't have to rush it. There's still time. There's still time. But it's it's around the corner. It is around the corner. I do think that there's a, there is that excitement, but it's still like the early part of July. So people are still asking the bigger questions, the broader questions that aren't going to be sp- uh, focused specifically on anything in particular. So I think it's worthy to to address some of those. Now, of course, uh, when you're when you're if you're a fan of Lockdown Steelers podcast, that means you know we have a call in line 412-223-6644. Today's topic is gonna slightly come from this question that we got from a listener out in Nevada, but also talking about you know a, a broader perspective on where the Steelers are going from here. Here's Doc from Nevada with a question about coaching. Hello, this is Doc from Caliente, Nevada. And um, I'm just calling because I, I have a speculative question. My, I love the Steelers. I've loved them since I was a little boy. Your your podcast is amazing. Thank you for doing this um, daily. I, uh, I'm i a Mike Tomlin fan. I'm tired of all the haters. I think he is articulate. I think he's wise. I love the way he talks. Um, I love the way he inspires. But I also have seen Kevin Colbert, I've seen Ben Roethlisberger hang up their shoes and, and move on. I'm wondering how much longer he's going to want to be the head coach of the Steelers. Maybe um, I'm wondering, this is what I hope you answered, would Brian Flores be potentially a head coach, just kind of like Bruce Arians, step aside? What do, you think, what do you think about the potential for Mike Tomlin stepping aside in the future and letting Brian Flores uh, take over the team because um, I love both the coaches. I think they're amazing, and I wouldn't want Tomlin to go anywhere. I want him to stay like with the organization. But I was just wondering what you thought about that. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you, Doc, for your question. We always appreciate callers in. Um, again, it's four one two 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 three six six four four or email lo Steelers topic bag at gmail dot com if you want to get a question on the show, Jenna. I want to I want to give you the floor first because this is a this is a big question and this is a question some have thought would Mike Tomlin hang it up he had 15 years it's about the career of that Bill Cowher had with the Pittsburgh Steelers would he hang it up if Ben Roethlisberger and Kevin Colbert ended their ended their careers with the Pittsburgh Steelers on the same year obviously the answer is no for now but is Doc onto something here is he hanging it up soon 
I don't think so. And it's really intriguing. I did like the part about Brian Flores, which I know we'll touch on, but I just realistically don't see Mike Tomlin going anywhere, especially now kind of, yes, there is a little bit of quote unquote newness, but then even looking at the front office, Mike Tomlin does have a good relationship already with Omar Khan. I'm sure that's going to be strengthened a lot as things progress and the two are going to be working more hand in hand together, obviously with the departure of Kevin Colbert, but Mike Tomlin, and I know everybody likes to go to this point, Mike Tomlin's never had a losing season. So for him, I don't see kind of an incentive and he, you you know, we talked last week, a couple weeks ago, every week is blurred at this point. Um, but we talked about, you know, the, him, Mike Tomlin looking forward to the new challenges he's going to have. And I think this is something for him, it, it, it kind of exciting. You know, we know him as a guy that likes to take on, you know, I don't want to say like big projects, but he does like yeah. the challenge of new things. He, you can see, he really liked the challenge of what type of offense can this team have when Ben Roethlisberger was at the end of his career. And now it moves to what is this team going to look like? And he's going to kind of be the architect of that a little bit. I think that's going to be a really intriguing thing. So for him, I, I don't think he's going to, you know, run or go anywhere anytime soon, but at the same time, it, you do kind of wonder, and you know, Zeke, our friend here, is wondering too. I don't we, have, we, we, we have the, we have our pup friend Zeke on camera right now, wanting some Jenna attention. I understand it though. He's just really <laughs> excited. He wants to know if I'm going anywhere. I again, I just I, I don't re see that being any sort of reality, and I don't really even see that if the Steelers have a couple seasons where they miss the playoffs, because again, we kind of know right now at least that there aren't a lot of crazy high expectations for this team. You and I both think that, you know, this will be a successful team because of what Mike Tomlin does. But even if there are a couple losing seasons, I don't see him, you know, even getting fired or anything like that because he is such a staple to this organization and he's brought so much stability for so the, all the years that he's been here. I agree with, with that on the stability part on the, his, his security part. I also think it's important to put in context where Mike Tomlin is in his career. He's 50 years old. Mm -hmm. Mike Tomlin comes off like a guy who loves competition. And he talks about it all the time. He doesn't want to, like, he doesn't think about, you know, the, 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 the easiness of life. He was talking about that on Ryan Clark's, the pivot podcast a few weeks ago saying about how, like, you know, the comforts in life are for his family. He likes, he loves to live in the competition, a guy that feeds off of that kind of energy. He's not looking to get out anytime soon. He's, he's talked about wanting the challenge of coaching a team without Ben Roethlisberger, having, you know, having to restart on a few things, but also work on the guys that he's been building. You and I were sitting right there in the, in, in the Steelers on the Steelers practice field where they did the announcement for TJ Watts new contract. Mike Tomlin would not have been smiling ear to ear like a dad who's seeing his son get his big a big scholarship or something like that. Looking at T.J. Watt, if he knew, hey, I'm only going to be here another year with this guy. He was excited to see, hey, this guy that I have that I have coached for the last four years and it's about to be here for the next five or six. He is he is sticking around. I am happy and he's one of the best players in all the league and he's he's here to stay. Mike Tomlin is absolutely sticking around. Brian Flores is a heck of a coach, and the Steelers are very happy to have him. But he's going to be at a defensive assistant. And it's my prediction that in about a year or two's time, I'd even give it two years. After that, if Devin Bush and Miles Jack and the Steelers defense starts to get better like the way I think they will, if if that moving forward, you'll see teams about to be calling like, hey, uh, Brian, buddy. Uh, uh, so I, I know that we, we we had this problem before, but but we like to see if you'd like a coordinator's job or a head coaching position somewhere. 
And that's when I think he'll go. But it's clear from the way when you all the both Brian Flores and Mike Tomlin's account of how they established this connection and how this job for him came about. Brian Flores reached out to, and, and they kind of just established this on a whim. This wasn't a master plan crafted by, by Mr. Rooney saying, oh, yeah, we're going to sneak him in here, push Tomlin out and then put Brian there. So if you're if you're a Tomlin fan, Doc, you got nothing to worry about there. No, and I don't see, I see kind of exactly what you say happening where teams are going to see what Brian Flores has done with the Steelers, especially knowing where they're at in terms of, you know, the fork in the road, you can call it in terms of the direction this team is going to go in with all of the newness, but teams are going to be calling for Brian Flores. I think just after what they see, and again, you and I talk about this all the time, but we hear the guys consistently say, you know, He's a head coach and we get to work with him one on one individually as linebackers, as, um, you know, cornerbacks, guys on the defense kind of across the board. Just talk about, you know, almost like how lucky they are, what a quote unquote steal it is that they really get to have as much exposure and as much work with Flores as they do. And I think that no doubt he's going to go somewhere else. But, yeah, I, I don't entirely. It was funny because initially when the Steelers did you know, officially announced that he was going to be joining the coaching staff. I wondered to myself a little bit, is there potentially a chance for him to a natural thought? Yeah, absolutely. But I also thought too, would he want to go into the front office? Because that's been, that's a good point too. Obviously that's a um, a big reason. That's a career. That's a whole, that's a whole other vein that he could go into where the coaching aspect is out of it and he can make more personnel decisions. Yeah. But I also don't see him wanting to give up coaching this early. So I know there can be some speculation, but I, I do think that, I, I don't see Mike Talma going anywhere anytime soon. And Steelers fans, I know that there's kind of that division of people, you know, really feel adamant that he should stay. And there's other people that are like, no, we got to get him out of here. But look at other teams, look at other franchises across the NFL. Mm-hmm. And I know there's the discussion of, okay, well, you know, if you're not winning Super Bowls, why does making the playoffs and all that matter? But again, Mike Tomlin is part of the Steelers culture and part of the Steelers way. And all that he has done in his career and that he's going to continue to do with this team. I mean, that is just, his success is absolutely phenomenal. And I think that, you know, sometimes when Steelers fans get frustrated, I think you should take a little bit of a step back. And I know this can be a little controversial in that way, but you know, there are teams in the league that do not have stability like this, that do not have success, consistent success like this. And I think a huge part of the Steelers recent success has been Mike Tomlin. Has there been things that people haven't liked decisions that they haven't, that, you know, they haven't liked that he made probably. And I think you can argue those no doubt, but big picture wise, what Mike Tomlin has done for this franchise is immeasurable. It is, it is, it is. There's so many things that I think people can't account for that Mike Tomlin has done, but I want to look to the future. I want to talk about the, I'm going to give us three things. And I want to, I'm going to get Jenna's responses on, on my ranking of these three things and talking about these three things. But the three top goals that Mike Tomlin must achieve in 2022 to establish where the Steelers are going after the Ben Roethlisberger era with the Pittsburgh Steelers. We'll talk about that in just a minute here on the Locked on Steelers podcast. But first, I got to talk to you guys about one of our new sponsors, and it's called Dave. It's a banking app that's going to be that's, that's going to be able to help help you out now. If you're living paycheck to paycheck or struggling to make ends meet, it can be really stressful when unexpected expenses come up. Now, 
Dave can help you get out of a pinch when you really need it. Dave is the banking app that can help you get up to $500 instantly with what's called extra cash. That's more money to fill your tank, buy a wedding gift, or catch up on bills. You can finally tackle those expenses that, you, that have been stressing you out without any hangups. There's no interest and no credit and no check needed. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to get the financial relief that they need with extra cash. So if you're in a pinch and you need some help, download Dave and think of it as a helping hand from future you. Download the Dave app from the App Store right now. That's D-A-V-E, Dave. And you can sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Again, that's dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve. Member FDIC. Future for you. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm Chris Carter. She's Jenna Harner, and we're talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Before I get into my, my goals again, I want to point something out about the age of Mike Tomlin, where he's at. 50 years old, some people say, well, that is, you know, if, if I was going to retire with the millions that Mike Tomlin's, you know, earned, I, I might think about it. I want to put in perspective for another head coach that's entirely ad, ad, admired for everything that, he, that he's done in his career. Bill Belichick, who is 70 years old right now. If that's not enough of a picture to get in your mind how long Mike Tomlin might want to do this for. I'm not saying that he will coach until he's 70. But you got to remember, when Bill Belichick took his first head coaching job in the NFL, Mike Tom was 19 years old and playing college football at William and, at William and Mary. Like, that, like what are what are we doing here by thinking that that guy is going to want to unless something happens you know Bill Cowher had a situation where his wife passed away and he had just won his Super Bowl there was a lot on his plate and he had a really cushy TV deal that that, that came up it worked out for him I don't get the impression that Mike Tomlin's in a position where he wants to and again this is all, all this plays into the fact that you were talking about Jenna this is a guy who sees what he has on the Steelers and he wants to take it to that next step. Yeah. And I mean, you mentioned sees what he has. I think a huge part that I think a lot of people tend to forget is the relationship that he has with the players and what he does with these guys. And it's so intriguing because we get a little bit of insight when we're talking with the coaching staff, when, you know, throughout the draft process and things along those lines, what they're looking for in guys. And you hear Mike Tomlin talk about the fact that, you know, he, you know, they're young men too. I, I always love that. It's like a lot of times we forget that it's like, okay, but these are, you know, when they're drafting kids, they can, I, I say kids because they really are. They're still yeah, they are. at that point. So he's also helping with their development. And you see so much of that, even just, I, I look at young players too, like Kevin Dotson. I look at young players like Alex Highsmith and just kind of seeing, and it's not direct where it's like, oh, that is exact like that, that trait, whatever, that's because of Mike Tomlin. But you can just kind of see the relationships he has, especially with a lot of these young players and how they respect him, how they, you know, look to him and things along those lines, especially right now, too, with kind of a little bit of that, you know, you don't have your franchise quarterback anymore. You don't have that main one voice in the locker room. And I know we talked about, you know, offensively and defensively, things along those lines. But I do think that he also provides such a wealth of knowledge for these players just in terms of life and in terms of, you know, their development. Because, again, a lot of them come in. They're, what, 20, 21, 22 years old, you know, mm -hmm. they're kids. Right. They're they're very young and he he wants to be able to get his hands on them to, to help them move forward in in that way. I do think that's a big part of this. But to do that, to move forward with these guys, there's certain things he's going to have to do this year. 
the so I'm going to give you guys three of my top goals, and Jen, I'm going to get your thoughts on each one of them. The first goal that I think has to be established this year is an offensive identity for the Pittsburgh Steelers. For the past two years, they've been a short passing team because of the limitations from Ben Roethlisberger, but those limitations are gone. You have young quarterbacks who are looking to prove themselves. You have talented athletic wide receivers, a, a running back who can do a lot of different things that everyone's exciting about, some tight ends that everyone's talking about. We did an episode earlier this week talking about how they could be the secret weapon of this very team. An offensive line that's young, has potential, but needs a lot of growth. This is a group that needs to find an identity, whether it's a running team, a play action team, a a run to deep passing team that takes a lot of shot plays, a more coordinated offense, or whatever Matt Canada is trying to do with jet sweeps and misdirection. There has to be a, a, a point where this team has bread and butter things on offense that they can rely on if they can at least get to the first part of establishing that this year, whether it's the running game or a, a, some form of a passing game that start, becomes unique to the Steelers or just you know, known by the Steelers and comfortable with the Steelers, that will go a long way to what Mike Tomlin has to do, not just in 2022, but for the next several years as they're trying to figure out what their offense is going to be. No, I absolutely agree. And again, depend. you know, we don't know who's going to be starting quarterback week one. Everybody can presume, everybody can, you know, make their opinions and guesses and all that. But what is this offense going to look like? And I think that they have to take those steps. You have to kind of see, hey, we know our strengths are here, here, and here. How do we, you know, take that next step? Because again, this kind of feels like almost, again, a chapter closed with Ben Roethlisberger and you're opening it and it's a fresh new sheet of paper. What's, what are going to be the words on that paper? What's going to be written? What's, what's it going to look like? People don't entirely know. We want to think that we do a little bit with some of the things that we saw from Matt Canada, but there's going to be so many moving parts. There's going to be so many question marks in terms of a lot of those position groups that I think, you know, obviously having Mike Tomlin there is going to be super valuable, but I think just, you know, what he brings and how it's all going to come together, that is going to be a big step moving forward, just in terms of, you know, what steps this offense can take. Also, you look at individual players too. What is, you know, what's Najee Harris's jump this year going to be like? What is the offensive line? How are they going to come together and take strides to be better than they were last year? And then you kind of can flesh all the other things out. And I think a lot of things will fall into place elsewhere on the team, dependent on what this offense looks like. And, you know, that is going to be a big, you know, the next, I say five, two to five years. I mean, obviously this season too, but two to five years, what is this going to look like? I think that's going to be huge in terms of what this team looks like. And, you know, how Mike Tomlin kind of moves things and works things and adjusts and all those things. I, I agree. A lot of this is are those adjustments is getting used to what the team is going to do. And again, balancing all the talents on this offense. Yeah, that's that's a huge part of this. How do you distribute the football when you have a, a number one running back behind you, a tight end that you think could be top five in the league? Each of these receivers, which look like they have potentials to be premier guys in the league and quarterbacks who they're still trying to figure out who they are in this offense. But again, that's why if they establish an identity, things that they that they know, hey, we can go into a game and against most defenses, we do these things the, the way that we that we practice, we'll be able to get yards, get first downs, and eventually get touchdowns. That will take this team a lot farther uh, and, and help them kind of establish themselves. The number two goal that I have here, Jenna, is fixing the run defense. Now, some people may think, well, Chris, their run defense was terrible and they need to gut the whole thing and, and restart. 
of course, of course, and you and I have talked about this, Jenna, a lot of the situations last year came from Stefan to never returning when they thought he was going to Tyson, Alulu going down mid and early in the season, Devin Bush, not really being able to get back up to speed, Joe Schobert needing to come in and kind of fix everything. You had several guys up the middle of this defense that either weren't available or weren't back at 100%. We have heard that Devin Bush is doing a lot better. He's talked about it. Brian Flores has said he looks he looks amazing. Um, a lot of his teammates have said he looks like that. They added Miles Jack, who is who looks like an upgrade over Joe Schobert. Um, they've got they've went and got Larry Ogan Joby. Tyson Alulu is healthy. They drafted DeMarvin Leal. They've done all these things. But it is crucial to what the rest of the Steelers do. They found a way to survive off defense last year with the worst rushing defense in the NFL last year. How that happened is still a mystery to me. When I look back at these games, and I think I I watch these things on on Game Pass, and I'm just like, man, this game should have been over a long time ago, and the other team should have won. But somehow they found a way to gut it out. If they fix the run defense, it, however they do it with linebackers, defensive linemen, Jenna. I truly think that is the, the biggest key that makes this group an elite group again because the pass rush will still be there. Minka will still be there, and they've got veteran cornerbacks who maybe none of them are star cornerbacks, but I think they're all solid cornerbacks who with a stout run defense and a great pass rush, which I'm still, I still think they have, can put together to be a great unit. And we heard from so many of the guys, Cam Hayward. I, I mean, you could literally list – every single player on that defense, they took that personally last mm -hmm. year. They hated the fact that their run defense, I remember it was after the, I want to say the Browns game in Cleveland last mm -hmm. year. I've never seen Cam Hayward, not only more honest, because I love how honest he is with us in the media consistently, but just how frustrated he was with the issues. And he was even saying, you know, we're trying to fix this and it's not working for us. So they know that they have to take that next step this year. And I think there's a lot of, you know, they take it personally. They're really frustrated with it, like I was saying, but they want they, they they're not going to let it look like it did last year. And then you talk about all the upgrades this team added where, you know, just internally, the fact that you're getting Tyson Alualo back and he's healthy. The fact that Devin Bush seems like he's in a lot better of a place to take a step this year than he was a year ago. And then all the additions that you have. Is DeMarvin Leal going to come in and immediately make an impact? He could. Maybe. I, you Maybe. know, obviously with rookies, there are those questions sometimes. And I'm not saying that against his skill. I'm just saying, you know, there is a jump from college to you know, your first There's an adjustment period. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I think they have a lot of these pieces together to be able to do those things so that this defense can look a whole lot like it has in years past where they have not struggled stopping the run as much. And then again, I think we look back, there were teams that exposed them last year so much to an extent absolutely. where coming into this year, again, not only are they not going to allow that to happen, but I think they're going to be able to pinpoint those areas a lot better and say, hey, we have the guys here to shore this up. We're going to do this. We're going to, you know, not let this be a laughing stock of our team type thing. I agree. And, and it, there is a pride sense about it. And that is very important. Yeah. But there's also, I think, a talent level that is it is like, hey, this is attainable. This isn't just a, a pipe dream that's like, oh, yeah, I mean, if – you know, if if tomorrow, you know, Keller Witherspoon becomes Jalen Ramsey, they'd have the best pass deep. This isn't saying that. This is no. saying, hey, like like with Cam Hayward, with a Lulu back, even if a Lulu with him being 35, and I get that there's reservations there. There are other guys that you've added Ogan Joby. You've you've brought in DeMarvin Leal. Isaiah Loudermilk looks bigger and stronger this year. Yeah. He looks he looks a little bit more cut up when you when you see him in the locker room. There's a, there's chances for a lot of those guys to step up and Devin Bush being back 
fully healthy 100%, as well as Miles Jack being next to him. A lot of that plays a factor into fixing this defense, the, the, the run defense. I want to talk about one more aspect, the, the final goal that I think is truly important for Mike Tomlin, and that goes back to the offense. We'll do that in just a minute here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. But first, I got to talk to you guys about betonline.net, your number one source for all your betting stats and sports information. You can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's Major League Baseball season, all on betonline.net. Football, as Jenna said earlier, is just a few weeks away from training camp opening up. But if you're a junkie of football and if you're a junkie of sports, it can be rough during baseball season because it's the only thing on. There's no hockey. There's no ba- there's no uh, basketball. But you can you can get all you can get all the way through that by helping me hey, have some fun. Put some money down on baseball. And the best way to learn how to put money down on baseball is go to betonline.net to see all the odds, the different the different ends, the different stats that help you make the best decision to make money when you're putting your money on the line. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends of the action when you visit BetOnline, where the game starts. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm Chris Carter. She's Jenna Harner. We're finishing up with my final coaching goal that Mike Tomlin must accomplish this year for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And again, this doesn't mean that these are finding things that have to be completed, but like things that you have to see a new step forward in. And again, I said I was going back to the offense. And I say this, and I want you all to pay attention to how I say this. It's the rapport with the quarterback position from coach to player, not just a specific quarterback, but the quarterback position. Jenna, I, I don't know if you'd agree with this, but when Mike Tomlin spoke to any other player on the team outside of Ben Roethlisberger, you saw him very hands-on. Con, you know, if, if they weren't doing what they were supposed to, he'd confront them, he'd get in their face, kind of get gritty with them, and it wouldn't matter who they were. I saw him do it to Marquise Pouncey, who during a game the years ago was like losing it, really upset, and he said, and you see Mike Tomlin walk up and say, look at me. And Marquise Pouncey stopped everything he was doing and snapped back. You saw him say that things like that to Mike Mitchell over the years, cornerbacks, linemen, whoever. He challenged everybody. The one player I never saw him always challenge was Ben Roethlisberger. And I got a sense for, hey, like, you know, maybe Ben doesn't respond that way. He was here before Mike Tomlin. He was the last remnant from the Bill Cowher era that was still on the team. My thing is, is with whoever is the the, co- the the quarterback of the future for the Pittsburgh Steelers, I think Mike Tomlin needs to establish that same rapport that he has with players, the, the, the one that, that everyone responds to, so that there is a better connection between those them two. Because there were times, if you remember the Jesse James catch game, uh, you know, back in 2017, I believe it was, at the end of the game when Ben Roethlisberger threw an interception on a fake spike play, he said, hey, you know, Two plays weren't called. We only had one play in, but then video and audio confirmed. Mike Tomlin said, hey, we got two plays. Put them in. And there was sometimes that disconnect from there. I truly think a big thing, a big goal that has to be established is whether it's Kenny Pickett or Mitch Trubisky this year or the future, Mike Tomlin needs a hold on the quarterback position so that there's no, there's no like games that he has to play to get through to them. When he needs to get through to them, it's like, hey, you're my guy. I need you here. Let's focus. Let's do this. Am I on something here, Jenna? Or do you think that there was that connection with Ben Roethlisberger and maybe it just wasn't as open to the public? 
I think it could be both, but I'm leaning more with what you were saying, whereas we didn't see it as much. And you always do wonder about the dynamic between a coach and a quarterback, especially the situation that it was with Mike Tomlin and Ben Roethlisberger. And like you said, maybe too, Ben didn't respond that way, which I think number one here for Tomlin, it's going to be how do guys like Mitch Trubisky, Kenny Pickett, Mason Rudolph, how do they respond? And obviously I feel like he has already that developed a little bit with Mason. It's probably going to be developed a little bit more, but looking at the two guys, everyone pretty much anticipates to start at some point this season between Mitch and Kenny. I think it's also, it puts Tomlin in a really good spot because if you're Kenny Pickett, you're a rookie, you want to make an impact. You want to get out there as soon as you can. There's kind of the notion that you're going to, potentially you were drafted to see if you were the franchise quarterback of the future for this team. And then with Mitch Trubisky, you're trying to prove things. You're trying to prove that you deserve a spot in the league, that you feel you're a starting quarterback caliber. So I think for the two of them, it fits really well into what Mike Tomlin will probably want to accomplish here, where they're going to want to listen that much more. I don't think it's going to take them a lot by any means, but there's going to be a little bit more of that incentive to have those relationships so that when you are battling for the number one position, you can use that a little bit. And I think that is going to be really intriguing just to kind of see how all of those relationships shake out and develop and what we see from Mike Tomlin and how he works with these guys. I, I agree. It's, it, it's, like you said, it's it's how he's going to work out with them. It's how it, it, it is going to be how like that relationship is established with them when, you know, whether they're doing well and whether they're doing, you know, make, making mistakes, you know, and there were times that we got glimpses of that on the field. You know, the Steelers are a very uptight organization. They keep the, you know, they don't even let us in until they finish their, their post game, like, quick prayer meeting and everything when they're addressing, when they're addressing, when Mike Tomlin's addressing the team. That's why like when Antonio Brown did the FaceTime in the locker room after the Chiefs playoff win years ago, it was such a big deal because we never saw those moments uh, as, as media. But there's times we have seen where like Ben Roethlisberger is like, man, they got the best defense in the world over there. And Mike, Mike Tomlin says, yeah, well, I got you. He would do those things. He was still a, he's still a great motivator. And it's clear him and Ben did have a respect and a connection, but I always felt like it wasn't the same. Like, you know, he couldn't, I never saw him chew Ben out. And I've, I've seen him chew so many people out over the years, you know, and there's again, it's different coaching for different players. You know, uh, Jimmy Johnson used to, you know, we we was asked one time, you know, it was like, Oh, well you treated everybody the same. If Emmett Smith made a mistake, you treated him just like he was like, he was a a backup player. And he's like, no, I didn't. I treated Emmett Smith. Like he was the best running back in football. There's a different way to do things there. The same way Chuck Noll talked to everybody else different, but treated Terry Bradshaw a certain way. And you again, you can go back up and look up documentaries of, former teammates in those seventies saying like, man, like Chuck Noll would be hard on us, but like talk to Terry in a different way. There's all great coaches understand dynamics for how to work certain relationships. And I acknowledge that's definitely part of the challenge that Mike Tomlin had, but for these, for these new quarterbacks and whether it is Kenny or Mitch or, or someone else down the line that becomes the next franchise quarterback for the, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I, I do think Mike Tomlin used to break that barrier where it's like, Hey, you know, I got you. But that doesn't mean I'm not going to dig dig up in you and challenge you when you're not doing what you when you're not living up to the expectations that I have for you. Absolutely. And I think that that is going to come through a little bit more than maybe it did with Ben. And maybe, you know, you've you know been here in Pittsburgh. You've seen a lot more of this team than I have over the last handful of years. 
but you're, I think we're going to see that a little bit more. I think we're going to see, you know, and especially looking just at Kenny Pickett, how do the Steelers want to mold him? If he is yeah. in fact going to be this franchise quarterback, how does Tomlin want to start immediately with him and what type of relationship are the two of them building? I'm going to be really intrigued actually, now that we're talking about this a little bit more to like talk with these guys when we get to training camp and hear those things, hear the type of relationship they feel that they're developing with Mike Tomlin but it is going to be uh, it is going to be intriguing to kind of see how these continue to develop as we kind of progress here. Absolutely. Jenna, thanks so much for joining us here in the Locked On Steelers podcast. It's always great to have you on. Let people know they can find you, follow you and get more of your work. Well, it is always wonderful to be here and join you on a Friday. So happy Friday, everybody. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Jenna Harner 11, Instagram Jenna underscore Harner and locally here in Pittsburgh on WPXI. Um, I'm trying to think what's happening right now. It's just kind of, you know, a little bit of a summer lull. We'll take it. But, you know, NHL draft wrapping up on third, you know, wrapping up today because Friday, I don't know what day, anything. I think <laughs> I don't know like, what right. day is it. Um, but yeah, you can find me there. Absolutely. Do find Jenna, Jenna there. They're going to be covering the NHL draft amazingly at, at Channel 11 like they always do. Do check them out and all the great stuff they do. Thanks so much, Jenna, for joining us here on the Lockdown Steelers podcast. Again, I'm your host, Chris Carter. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. You can also read my work at SteelersNow.com where I'm writing about the Pittsburgh Steelers, breaking things down there as well. You can also catch the Lockdown Steelers podcast Monday through Friday, all, every day, every one of those days on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, or YouTube. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel to get all of those episodes and all of our breaking news updates and bonus episodes that we do as well. If you want to help out the show even further, go on Apple Podcasts, rate us five stars with a positive comment. So both at the same time, you get a shout out at the end of the show. Thanks again, Jenna. Thanks again for our listeners and viewers. Have a great weekend. We'll be back on your screens and in your ears Monday.